show on UDTFM. Here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt. Welcome back to DTF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. Uh, We have got an incredible show for you this evening. Uh, I have to say I'm happy to be back in the saddle after missing last week. Thank you, Jake, for filling in with the main host duties. Uh, So appreciative so I could get a little rest and relaxation uh, vacation time. But I'm rejuvenated. Ooh. I'm ready to. I, I've been out of the football loop for for a week now, or almost ten days. So much so. has happened. I, I, I regret to inform you, they've actually disbanded <laughs> the league. So this podcast is a little bit irrelevant, but we'll we'll do what Man. we can. But yeah, uh, glad to be back. Happy to be back and talking AFC East this evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as you can see, we have a a full panel. Uh, not only my co-host Jake. But we've got two incredible guests joining us this evening as well. Um, so I will go through, introduce both of you. And as I'm doing that, why don't you tell us how you became a fan of your team? Uh, just for a little intro uh, icebreaker, I guess you could say. Uh, representing the Bills, we've got Dustin Ledke. How are you doing, Dustin? I'm good. It's nice to be on. Nice to see another Dustin. It's uh, rare I meet another Dustin. I know. I know. <laughs> I met Even Dustin. Your last names are so eerily similar. Eerily close. Like yes. Two letter difference. Yes. I, I met Dustin Colquitt at the draft, and that was my big, like, hey, I'm another Dustin. He was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> we bonded over that. So I know. You don't find us too often out in the wild. No, you don't. Uh, so <laughs> I became a Bills fan. My mom's family is all from Lockport, New York, which is about 20 minutes outside Buffalo. Um, I grew up outside Philadelphia, so we'd go up there every summer two, three times and just throughout the year. And when they're all Bills fans, you become a Bills fan. I'm 40, so I grew up 6th, 7th, 8th grade. They were in the Super Bowls, four Super Bowls in a row. They were a really good team, Jim Kelly. Um, this is my starter jacket from the 90s. I wore pretty much every day. Um, it's got my name sewn in the back. It's all beat up and old, but I still have it. I can't fit in it anymore, but I just became a Bills fan from then and build Bills Mafia for life. I'm actually waiting. My wife got me a Bills Mafia. You know, the Buffalo that says Mafia. I got that sign coming for Father's Day. It'll be here hopefully next week, but... That's how I became a Bills fan, and it's been a little rough road ever since, but we're hopefully on the upswing now. So <laughs> Nice. Well, welcome aboard. And then representing the Dolphins, we've got Leo Grandio. How are That's a boo for the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot, lot of years of misery, so it's good to finally have a, a team to root for again. Um, how mm-hmm. I became a Dolphins fan? Uh, actually, when I was um, younger, I actually – was uh actually like a 49er fan. I still root for the 49ers, but as I, as I got older, um you know you know as I started getting older, I started rooting for the Dolphins. You know I'm from Miami, born and raised from Miami, so you might you know got to got to root for the for the team. Um, I've been a season ticket holder since 2000. Still, mm-hmm. still, so like I said, I had a lot lot of years of misery. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, during the 90s, that's when I I think I really became more of a Dolphins fan. You know. The you know obviously the Bills dominated the the first half of the of the nineties, um, you know with those four straight Super Bowls and then um you know, and the Dolphins were just always there but just couldn't get it done you know uh so here we are. 
you've both been through a fair amount of misery mm -hmm. as fans, so we're going to need to get some tips from you, Dustin and I, as we venture into this uncharted season for the yes. Packers. So after the show, we'll have to uh, get some life advice from you. Um, but those are that's that's fantastic. I, I'm actually I can't believe that you went from a 49ers fan to a Dolphins fan. Yeah. If you if you could, if you could just shift your allegiance, hometown be damned, would you go back to the 49ers? Or now because you're on the cusp of good things, are you comfortable with your 49ers or your, I, I your still, Dolphins fan? <laughs> I still root for the 49ers, you know. Um, but you know, you gotta stick to stick, you gotta stick through to, to your team no matter what. So it's a different conference. It's fine. You yeah, can root for them. I mean, yeah, talk I mean, about the selling high. You sell high on the Niners in the in the in Niners and Niners in the nineties. They were really good with Montana and Young. Yeah. You were selling high to switch allegiance yeah. to them. Yeah, like I said, I, I guess I'll still root for them. You know, my favorite player of all time is is Jerry Rice. You know, he's he's like my my favorite of all time. And you know, him in Montana, and then you know when 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 Steve Young fight got his monkey off his back, as he said. Um, you know, it was nice to see. <laughs> Mm -hmm. love it definitely so um give me a second here I, i'm you get me a week out of the chair and i you know, <laughs> lose all my it's not like it's riding terrible. a bike is it i know <laughs> uh should we go through what we're drinking here if we are i didn't even ask our guest before we started if if, if we're doing this but I'm shocked what are we the the fan <laughs> talking and drinking fantasy football podcast jeez what is this nonsense uh i will say i'm i'm psyched because i'm having my first belgian wit beer of the year and it feels like the start of summer to me every time that i drink this this has that i don't know that <clears throat> effervescence to it maybe well but tomorrow uh, is delta beer lab start of summer so is that I, I real? guess it's appropriate yes wow jeez. I'm so good at this. <laughs> what are you guys drinking? I don't drink alcohol, but I got a nice glass of uh, Country Time Pink Lemonade here. So, Ooh, classic. Is that the stuff that comes in the big can that you big mix in? jug and you mix it in, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, I've had some good times with that. Mm -hmm. And we had one left over from last year that was like all solid and rock. I was like, it'll still dissolve in there. It'll be fine. Needs <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of extra stirring. That's it. Yep, it's that's it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I'm drinking a. It's called Schaffenhofer. It's like a a, a grapefruit uh, beer. I, I it's Ooh. like a like a, a Germany beer. I, I first found out about it when I went to Epcot uh, in Germany. They have a. I don't know if you guys have been there or not, but there's a there's always a long line to get it. And when I tried it, and then I found it actually set in the store. So I'm like, every time I see it, I buy it. <laughs> that sounds sounds so very light. refreshing. It is. Yeah, mm. it is very refreshing. It's right out of the nice. alley. Host Dustin, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking my homebrew, my my Mexican lager. Uh, it is nice. summer, so yeah. nice and light lawnmower beer. That's right. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Before we get into the divisions, Jake, should we run through our drunk trade? Oh, hell yeah. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. And this week's drunk trade is actually presented by Leo. Leo put this one in the show sheet before we hopped on here. So I'm going to let you take this away. But I understand that this went down in your home league uh, or in your dynasty league. I've thrown the sides up here. Basically, we're talking about Tony Pollard, Noah Fant, a second round pick versus Brian Robinson, James Cook, and a first. 
So you saw this. Give us some backstory. How did this go down? What were your feelings on seeing this one go down? So in this league, I'm actually uh, the commissioner of, of this league. So anytime, you know, a trade happens, you know, they always send it to me, you know, just so, I, you know, I can look it over and then, you know, and then I'll post it to the, we have a little group chat on WhatsApp and then, you know, I post it to everybody and then, you know, everybody can see. Our, the way that we do trades, like we don't, I, I used to be, you know, I've always been in the, the commissioner for a very long time. So I was having issues with people trying to uh, just being a haters, you know, when they're trying to do trades, they just don't, they don't want another team to get better and, you know, they would reject it. So what I implemented is that, you know, when a trade is done, you know, submit, I'll, I'll put it to everybody. Everybody wants to, um, has a, has a, a, wants to oppose it, you know, vote, vote against it, you know, don't. Whatever you know, as long as there's a majority to vote against it, no, it'll it'll go. You know, it won't go through. But you know, pretty much everyone's really goes. You know, is pretty cool with it. So when I first so you saw have a it, system. Yeah, yeah. So so when um when I saw first saw it, I was like, oh wow, interesting. To me, uh, I like the side you know that gets the uh, Brian Robinson, James Cook, and and uh, and the 2024 first. Um, Tony Pollard, he's he's good. You know, obviously, you know, he had a, he had a great year last year. It's going to be interesting to see if he can actually stay healthy, like getting all those extra touches. Not sure if, uh, you know, he can handle that, that, that punishment. Uh, Noah Fant is, you know, whatever. He hasn't, he hasn't really done much. And, and the, 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 you know, once after the first round of, of rookie drafts, the, 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 <laughs> the talent starts dropping quick. So, so I think, you know, Brian Robinson, you know, he proved last year when he was healthy, he was able to, uh, you know, get the job done with, with more touches. And James Cook, I think, is going to be a very good in PPR uh, this year. And um, and you know, they get that extra first next year was a, was a good move. Uh, this person that got the the first, he already had. He actually did another trade last week because uh, we had our our dynasty rookie draft last week. <laughs> so he actually has three three uh, first round picks that going into next year already. So which is good. Ooh, loading up. Obviously, we're going to be talking about James Cook a little while later yeah. as we discuss the Bills. This one is interesting. I will add the format here is a one quarterback IDP league, full PPR with 37 man rosters. So this thing is deep. Uh, I don't know how many of those are IDP players. Is it pretty well split down the middle with defensive um, versus offensive? Yeah. So basically, we have four four IDPs: uh, a lineman, linebacker, and a, and a DB, and then a, an IDP flex. Fair enough. So there's there's a lot going on to this one, and there's some mm -hmm. names that jump out here. I think Tony yeah. Pollard is a hot name right now. Dustin Lutke, is is anything jumping out to you is like, oh, that's a smash on one side or the other? Yeah, when I saw this, I was a smash on the Robinson Cook in the first side. I think Tony Pollard is worth a first. Like, I think that's a fair trade in and of itself. Yeah. I think Noah Fant is worthless <laughs> for all <laughs> intents and purposes. Like, in the tight end landscape, he's not great. I don't even think he's the best tight end on that team. Um, I'm high on Brian Robinson. I'm less bullish on James Cook, but I think you get the value in their age um, compared to Fant and the second. So I would think if you were to trade Brian Robinson up for a second, I think that's fair. So Noah Fant for James Cook seems like an easy win because you're getting a ton of upside plus a ton of youth where Noah Fant could be done after a year or two. So I love the Robinson Cook first side. I think there's just a ton of value and age there. I like that breakdown. I like how you went piece by piece and the sort of measurement of it. Because I'll be honest, I saw Tony Pollard's name and I got a little bit excited when I was first reading through this. It's kind of the biggest name to jump off the page. 
host Dustin, do you feel kind of leaning towards the Brian Robinson side? Is it a smash for you? Is it even-ish? It, it's a pretty well smash for me as well uh, with the Robinson side. Um, Dustin's think alike here. Um, yeah, Tony Pollard for the first. I mean, that, that I think that's fair value. Noah Fant is just kind of a throwaway piece, maybe just to even out the trade, basically. And you're getting you're giving up a second for Robinson and Cook. So, yeah, I, I would take that all day long. Yeah, I, I think the the difference between the first and the second can be really, really big, especially in this league. From the way that it sounds, it's a pretty massive drop off here, just based on the format of the league. Uh, yeah, I'm not huge on, honestly, Brian Robinson or James Cook. So to me, it just comes down to how much do I really love Tony Pollard? And I love him in the short term, but I don't love him enough in the long term for Dynasty to give him the edge. So this might be a first, but I think we have a full consensus on this trade uh, leaning towards the Brian Robinson, James Cook in 2024 first side. Leo, that's that's amazing. You've brought us gold uh, because I don't think that that's ever happened on here before. <laughs> yeah, by no means am I going to say that that was a lopsided trade no. or anything. You know, right. yeah, I, I get it, but I, I just prefer the other side on that. So. Exactly. Also, shout out in the chat here. We've got Mr. Scampers. Good evening, guys. Full barn Welcome tonight. Scampers. I don't know what that suggests about the people in chat, by the way. Uh, JJ Winter in here representing the Jets, since oh, we God. obviously don't have somebody in the podcast doing it. Look, well, you, guys, you guys are basically Jets fans, right? Aaron Rodgers is you your guys. You don't even put that on me. Come on. <laughs> I have the power. I will remove you from the show. <laughs> Dave in the chat, we would never, ever remove Dave saying, Noah can't. Ah, I see what you did there. Dave, keep the puns up as always. Yeah, for, uh, dare we venture in into the meat and potatoes of this episode, Dustin? The main course, if you will. Yeah, let's do it here. Uh, just as a reminder for everyone, we will go through uh, notable losses and additions uh, via free agency, trades, etc. And we'll uh, sum up the draft as far as fantasy relevant players. Uh, just to kind of kick off our, our, our brains here and as a little bit of a refresher as we're getting later into the offseason here. Um, so we will start with the Bills just because they're first on the show sheet. And notable losses this offseason, Isaiah Hodgkins, Hodgkins, I can speak, uh, and Devin Singletary. Uh, additions to the team, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. And in the draft, in the first, Dalton Kincaid. And in the fifth, Justin Shorter. So our resident Bills fan, why don't you start off the conversation here? How are you feeling about your Bills and kind of the fantasy outlook uh, for the upcoming season? I'm excited for this upcoming year. I think we learned a lot the past two years with our losses. Obviously, there's some drama with Stefan Diggs right now, but I think that's going to be fine. It's June. like He'll be there come August, September. I'm not worried about it. So I think we've learned what does and doesn't work. I think Josh Allen has learned that, like, hey, you don't need to make the big plays all the time. Every time I watch a game, my son's 10. He knows. He's like, Josh, just smart plays. We don't need the home run. Just make smart plays. Like, just... Do the Justin Herbert, just dink and dunk. I think Josh Allen has learned that. I think Ken Dorsey and McDermott have learned that. So I think we're going to be better. I wish they would have added a receiver. Maybe they'll still add Hopkins. Who knows? Um, but I think we're looking good. Uh, long term, I'm concerned, but I think we're going to be good this year. And I'm really hoping we win a Super Bowl this year because I'm concerned that this might be the last year of our window. Ooh. 
Wow. I've not heard anybody else say that. So to, to hear it come from a Bills fan is honestly jarring. Why why do you think the long-term outlook is sketchy? So I've done a lot of research on rushing quarterbacks, and when they get to that 1,100 mark of hits, so between sacks and rushing attempts is generally when they start seeing injuries where they miss two plus three games in a season. Josh Allen will probably hit that mark this season, so probably in 2024, you're looking at him possibly missing time in 24 and 25. Post-25, I don't think Diggs is still there. So if we're talking about Josh Allen and Diggs being there this year, Allen missing maybe four games next year, that probably puts them out of the Super Bowl. And then 25, you have a super, I don't say super old, but old enough Diggs and possibly Allen missing a couple games there. That probably puts us out of contention in 25. 26, you have no Diggs unless we can reload with a wide receiver to get back with Josh Allen. We lose that rushing upside of Josh Allen at that point. We really have to retool. So I'm really worried that we might see an injury a la Lamar Jackson um, miss a couple games in 24 and 25 from Josh Allen. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm hearing not a lot of confidence in anybody outside of Stefan Diggs, by the way. So let's let's talk about that <laughs> if we can. So it Diggs, if we all presume that he's still a top-tier fantasy yes. asset, right? As of right now, maybe next year, after that, who knows? But if he is that, what does that make the other receivers that are currently there, at least for fantasy and real life, obviously going along with that? I see that your expectations are low for real life. For fantasy, can anybody coexist alongside Stefan Diggs? Dustin, start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Gabe Davis is a good receiver. He's just not a one. Like, he finished as, I think, wide receiver 25-ish last year. Like, he's a solid fantasy wide receiver two low end two high and three in real football he's that as well he's not the field stretcher that i think everybody wanted to be everybody wanted to be this big boomer bus guy he really did see a lot of targets last year so i'm confident him being that too i just don't think he can take the step to be a one so we really have to replace that value um i like dalton kincaid i don't love him i love dawson knox i don't love him for fantasy um I really like Cleo Shakir. I think he can be a solid slot guy, but he doesn't project to be a every down player. He's a slot guy. Um, I really wish they would have brought in a bigger guy. I think Justin Shorter can be okay, but I haven't seen anything from him to say he's going to be a one. Like I think he's a tall, big receiver who can play the outside, which is what we needed. We needed a big guy. So on three wide receiver sets, we have Gabe Davis on the outside, another guy on the, on the outside, and we can move Diggs into the slot, which really worked for us. It remains to be seen if they have that piece in Shorter or they can get it elsewhere next year in the draft or via free agency or trade. You know, if we can trade for T Higgins, I'm all for it, right? Like <laughs> I'll take him all day. Like that'd be a huge upgrade. If we get Hopkins, that makes it easier for the next two years. Um, I'm just, I'm just not sure we have another alpha wide receiver after Diggs that can step up into that role. Sensing a bit of a, a Darnell Mooney vibe in your analysis, maybe of Gabe <laughs> Davis of that kind yeah. of like, uh, I'll take him, but not I'll as take him. I'll take him in fantasy at his value because he's being drafted as the wide receiver like 35 and he's going to be a wide receiver in the mid 20s. So I'll take him for the value. You're just not going to be excited. You're you're going to be in this thought process of always this big play guy. He's going to get these seven yard touchdowns. He's not that he is a I'm going to see seven targets. I'm going to catch five of them. I'm going to have 50 yards and maybe he gets catches a big touchdown every now and then. He's just not a high, high ceiling guy. He's a high floor, low ceiling guy who's just solid and for fantasy we want these guys that are like oh my gosh he's a game breaker it's so exciting we want those guys we don't want the meat and potatoes guy gabe davis is a meat and potatoes guy right now he's the next brandon uh brandon cooks in my mind 
But what about that four touchdown playoff game from two years yes. ago? Come on, man. I think that's where everybody's analysis basically uh, ends with them. Leo, yes. do you have any preferences outside of Stefan Diggs for the pass catchers in Buffalo? Yeah, I, I, I agree uh, totally with Dustin. Like after uh, Stefan Diggs, there's a, to me, there's a huge drop off on the rest of the receivers there. The, Dave Davis, last year, I, I was kind of like low on him as, as well. You know, everyone was really high on him. But I, to me, he's not a player that's real consistent, like like Dustin said. You know, there's, you know, you'll have these big games that will have a, you know, long touchdown. Great. But to predict that is tough. It might be better for best ball, but like for an extra yeah. uh, redraft, you know, I wouldn't, I would pass on him. Uh, out of the other ones, out of the other receivers, um, I think Justin Shorter, you know, he's an uh, interesting prospect to take a look at, you know, see how he develops in the offense. The good thing, you know, there's not many uh, pass catchers to to compete against. So at least he has the option, he's going to have the opportunity to, to, to prove himself. And I definitely like Kincaid, uh, you know, even though you know, he's a tight end, but, you know, he's, you know, he's going to be a move uh, tight end and, and have a lot of opportunity as well. Yeah, we got we got to talk about Kincaid, right? I said that was going to be my next my next <laughs> question here. Um, well, kind of a two parter um, is one where they drafted Kincaid. You know, speaking of the kind of lack of depth uh, of the wide receiver core, would you rather the Bills drafted a wide receiver at that spot? And then, I mean, I know there's been all this talk of Kincaid just being basically like a, a big wide receiver. Anyway, do you see him kind of sliding out and playing more? out than inline tight end. I mean, I definitely, when they came to draft, I was, so I was at the draft. I was shocked with the trade. I didn't like trading up for Kincaid. Obviously they wanted to get ahead of the Cowboys. I didn't like the receivers there in the draft. So I wish they would have actually not traded and probably traded out of the first round, regrouped some picks and waited and got, I got this past draft. Didn't have a lot of outside wide receivers outside of Quentin Johnson. It was basically slot guys, like all under six foot guys. Yes. I see Kincaid, playing that slot role, playing off the line. I just don't think it's going to produce. So last year, the Bills slot receivers, so Isaiah McKenzie, you know, Jamison Crowder, they only had 87 targets total. Like, you need to have 80, 90 targets as a tight end. Now, Dawson Knox is still there. Khalil Shakir is going to play some slots. So what are we projecting for Dalton Kincaid? Everybody's going, oh, he's, he's the slot wide receiver on the Bills offense. Great. The slot wide receiver doesn't produce for the Bills offense. It's just not a ton of targets. It's just not a huge volume opportunity. So if Kincaid gets 60 targets, that's not great for a tight end. If he gets 50 targets, that's even worse. It's just not a high volume position. I wrote an article a couple weeks ago called Argue With Myself, where I kind of lay out my whole Dalton Kincaid thoughts. And he's being drafted super high for what be like even if he's a receiver he shouldn't be drafted that high but he's a tight end tight ends take years to develop for the NFL we haven't seen a rookie tight end really have a great breakout season outside of Kyle Pitts which took like years for him to break out Dawson Knox had like I think the third or fourth most like like passing snaps and finished as the tight end 14 even if Kincaid takes all of Dawson Knox's work which he's not going to but even if he had all of Dawson Knox's work can he be better than tight end 14 Maybe he's slightly better. He gets the tight end 12, 10, but he's not going to get all the work because Dawson Knox is still there. So I'm not, I think long term it's great for the Bills because I'm not sure what they're going to do with Knox. I love Knox. I got his jersey for my birthday after they signed him to long term traffic. So I was kind of disappointed they signed Kincaid, but I just don't see the value this year. I think in your dynasty drafts, he's going late first. Sometimes he was going like 
mid first, like no way I'm drafting there. Mm-hmm. I was saying like mid to late second for him. He's just not, he's probably my third tight end off the board. There's just not a lot of production for him this year. I generally have an issue with drafting tight ends in the first round of yep. rookie drafts in general. Yep. Maybe that's just because I'm terrible at evaluating <laughs> tight ends. That could be it, probably. But I think in general, it's very hard to hit on a rookie tight end and then have the patience, like you're saying, to wait for to them wait. to actually develop into a legitimate fantasy asset. I guess long term, Leo, do you think that Kincaid will become like the next big thing at tight end or do you, th- do you see a path for that? I, I yeah, definitely see the opportunity for it. Um, there, there's not much. There's, there's just not much talent to uh, other receivers to you know out there, and, and they're on their team right now. So you know the opportunity is gonna be there. You know, I I think he has. Yeah, definitely think he has a chance. And I in terms of what you said about you know drafting a, a tight end in the first round, uh, a couple of years ago I I drafted Hawkinson, and uh, and it turned out okay, <laughs> and with the tenth pick of the first round. So. It, it, yeah, sometimes you get lucky. I'll text you before I make my tight end <laughs> in, in rookie leagues. <laughs> All right. And then we know, uh, we, we kind of alluded to this a little bit with James Cook uh, with, with the trade here earlier. I'm really torn about him. I I, I can't say I'm, I'm super high on him. I, I see the value, but I feel like he's being drafted too early uh, for where I'm comfortable and, and what I think his production is going to be. And then there's also all those old running backs that are, are still out there. You know, Dalvin cooks out there. You got Zeke, you got Fournette. I mean, these guys still have tread on the tires. Um, so I just, I just, I guess I don't know what to do with them. Um, so Dustin, um, what are your thoughts about cook? I like him as a player. I don't love him for fantasy. I think he's going to be good, but I think we're discounting what the Bills have done. So I have an article actually coming out in a couple days on the Bills' backfield. The breakdown has always been a pretty even split between the two running back systems. So whether that was Singletary and Cook last year, whether that's Singletary and Zach Moss, whether that's Frank Gore and Zach Moss, whether it's all these things. In Sean McDermott's coaching career in Buffalo, his first year was a year before they drafted Josh Allen. LaShawn McCoy was the only running back that's had over 50% of the carries. So you're looking at 30-40% for the main guy. So you're looking at about 150 to 175 carries. That's not a ton of volume. I project it as one of the running backs is going to get 150, the other one's going to get about 120. The rest go to random guys. will do some sweeps. Nine Hines will get some. Josh Allen's going to have 100 there's just not a ton of volume. He is really efficient, but we know that as a as the rushing count goes up, the efficiency drops a little. He was at like 5.5 per carry. It'll come down to more manageable, like a 4.7. He needs to have a carries. Devin Singletary finished as like the RB, I want to say 28 last year. James Cook is being drafted right around that right now in your drafts, in your in your redrafts, in your best ball leagues. He's right around the RB 30, 25-ish range. I don't see the upside of him beating that. Now, Damian Harris, though, is getting drafted as like the RB 40-something. He could easily become the RB 30. Like He could easily be better than his ADP. So I'm out on Cooks at his ADP. I think he's a good player. Everybody loves his pass-catching ability. I didn't see it last year. They have Naeem Hines. When we talk coach speak, the first thing McDermott said this offseason way back in like February was, we need to get Naeem Hines involved in this offense. Like They traded for him for a reason. They didn't do a good job working him in. 
happened later in the season as he got comfortable with the playbook. So Hines is going to get the passing work on third downs. I don't see a lot of passing volume for James Cook. Damian Harris is also decent in the passing game, so I think it's going to be a pretty even split. We're looking at probably 20 to 30 targets for each of them. I just don't see the high upside for James Cook. So I'm I'm with you, Dustin. I'm, I like him as a player. I just don't see the value for him. I think he's being drafted a little too high for me right now. Mm-hmm. I got one one final question here about the Bills. Um, and and I'm in. We'll we'll just say in redraft this year, just a typical your one quarterback league. Where would the two of you be comfortable in drafting Josh Allen? Like, how early would you be willing to take him? Man, I I would take him. I have him as my QB three behind Hertz and Mahomes. In a one QB league, I'm probably taking him. I guess I could see taking him in the fourth round. I don't know if I could take a quarterback earlier than that in a one QB league. QB three is such a non-homer take from you, by the way. I'm disappointed <laughs> that he has not QBs one and two. Uh, but I, I have no problem if you have him as your QB one. I hope, as a Bills fan, I hope they bring that rushing down because I don't want to see those injuries. I don't want to see that carry number get up high. I'm hoping it can say below 100. I don't think it will. It'll probably be like 1 to 110. Anything over 110 scares me for him. So I'm I'm a realist in the Bills fan. Like I've been through the years of drought. I've been through the years of sorrow. I'm 40. I said the other day I want one Super Bowl before I, before I die. I've only got two more franchise quarterbacks left in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> if we get Josh Allen for another 10 years, that puts me at 50. Five years to find another one. That puts me at 55. <laughs> 10 years of that quarterback. That puts me at 65. Five years, another one. That's 70. 10 years of that one. I'm 80. I'm, I, I, wow. I got two more franchise quarterbacks after Josh Allen, so I need a Super Bowl now. I just need you to not run and <laughs> get yourself killed, Josh Allen. I need you to play the next three, four years without injury. I need you to send me the actuarial table <laughs> yes. that you came up with. Figure that out, by the way. That's, that's stunning work. Leo, do you feel the same, by the way, in terms of his ranking amongst quarterbacks or where you draft him? How high would you take him? Um, I, I have him probably as, as, as quarterback number two, and um, I'll probably take him like in the fourth round if, you know, if he's still there. Uh, there's just good value, you know, trying to get, a, you know, receivers and running backs there, you know, try to stock up that, try to, try to stock up, you know, that those positions first. And, you know, and if he's still there, maybe like in the late fourth, I'll, I'll probably do it. He, he might be gone by then, but well, I'll do it mm-hmm. then. I think I'm on board with the late drafting of running backs more than ever this year. So I might get into that mix for once. I'm normally a weight on quarterback kind of guy, but I don't know. Josh Allen in the fourth sounds actually pretty nice to me right now. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about the mishmashing of random quarterbacks and trying to stream. Ugh, what a disaster (laughs) that always ends up being. All right, let's let's move on here. Uh, I think we covered the bills pretty well. Uh, Leo, we're going to move on to your Dolphins here. So. They lost this offseason. Mike Gusecki, Chase Edmonds, and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they brought on board Mike White, Braxton Berrios, and the chosen Anderson. Uh, in the draft, in the third, they took uh, Devin A-Chain, and in the sixth, Elijah Higgins. So, Leo, start us off here. How are you feeling about your Dolphins and these, these fantasy assets uh, for the upcoming season? All right, so starting off, you know, the... Obviously, they had you know a good start, uh, good blueprint from last year. That and obviously the the salary cap it was tough for them to make many moves uh, this year. Uh, you know, getting uh, new free agents. 
Uh, in terms of the the people that we lost, Mike Jacecki, the last couple of years he really hasn't done much. You know, he's an athletic freak, um, but he just hasn't produced. So I'm I'm fine with him leaving. Uh, Chase Edmonds, you know, he 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 kind of like disappeared after you know those couple of nice years in, in Arizona, and um, so and and Teddy Bridgewater, I was actually excited that he you know we brought him last year. He just got hurt too, and uh, you know he had the opportunity when when Tua got hurt. And, uh, and, you know, so he, he, um, he had to go as well. So, um, in terms of the guys came in, you know, Mike White, um, he had, you know, he had a couple of nice games with, you know, with the Jets. Very, uh, you know, he, he will have an opportunity to, he's in a battle, you know, Skyler Thompson for the, you know, for the backup role. And I, I think that it's an opportunity for, you know, Mike, you know, if he does play, you know, he, he he's going to have the weapons. You know, he showed that, you know, those last, you know, couple of games with the Jets that, you know, he can, he can sling it around. So, you know, and we know that, you know, the Dolphins have the weapons to, to throw it to. Uh, in terms of Bra- Braxton Barrios, uh, you know, he's from the U, from Miami. So it was nice to see him to come back home. Uh, he's a, what I like about Braxton Barrios is that uh, one of the receiving coaches here is, is Wes Walker. So I think, you know, he's going to work, I think, well with him. And he knows, you know, what, how to use, uh, uh, you know, a player like that because, you know, he was one of the best slot receivers, re- receivers of all time. So it's nice to, I think he can, and he's a good punt returner as well. So I like, I like that move, you know, as a, as a fourth receiver there. Uh, chosen <laughs> Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Let's see. So <laughs> what's good about him is that, you know, he, he, and when he was with the Jets, he, he showed some promise. Uh, the thing was, I, I don't think, you know, when they, they didn't really have a number one. So to me, he's not a number one, you know, but and and here, He's not gonna have to have the the, the tough coverage on him. You know, Tyreek is gonna deal with that. Waddle's gonna deal with that. So, you know, he's gonna have the opportunity to, you know, when they're taking away all the coverages, that you know, he's gonna be able to to make some, you know, plays downfield. That you know, that's where he was, you know, very good at. Jake, uh, don't I, don't get your hopes up. All right, just just <laughs> just keep them tempered. Mr. Oh, Anderson I and I have a very complicated past that I don't want to get into right now. But yes, please proceed. <laughs> Yeah, I know he's, uh, you never know what you're going to, he's like a box of chocolates, right? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, out of the, 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 the draft picks that we, that we, you know, we got, uh, coming in, Devon Chain, I'm really excited about him. I'm super excited. You know, he has 4.32, uh, 40 yard dash with that speed to go along with, uh, with Tyreek and, and Waddle. It's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, you know, that's going to open up the middle. I want to see what linebacker can keep up with him. Uh, in those, you know, uh, flare outs and stuff like that. And, um, and Elijah Higgins, even though he was a receiver, they're actually going to, uh, transition him into, to being a tight end. So, you know, mm. being that, I, I think that I kind of like that move that's going to make him, uh, an option for, for them. You know, the, you know, I, I don't know how his blocking is, but at least, you know, it, it, he's very athletic, but the most athletic, uh, tight end that they have here. And, you know, so he definitely has an opportunity to make some plays, I think, as well. Interesting. I had not heard that. Um, but yeah. why would I? I'm, I've been out of football <laughs> for a week. So um, <laughs> anyway, getting back to uh, that, those running backs there uh, with A-Chain, I think that's interesting. Do you think he's going to end up seeing the field um, enough to be fantasy relevant this year? Uh, just with just how many different running backs they have. And yeah. you know, obviously Delvin cook is the one name that keeps getting linked to the dolphins as well. Yeah. So one, I guess, do you, 
as as my first one a is if you see a chain getting on in the field and say they don't sign Dalvin cook is he going to end up okay. being the the running back we want to grab um out of this group and then what is what changes if Dalvin cook is signed so i for me you know the draft that i've been doing i've actually been trying to focus on on, on grabbing a chain it, i think he's going to be very very awesome in terms of a, a ppr uh leagues the you know raheem mostert and and jeff and wilson they're they're good but they always get hurt you know they're it's tough to be consistent w- with them you know they they show some promise and then they're they're being they're dinged up for for a few weeks so i i definitely think that he's gonna have the opportunity to make some big plays for them and i would he would be the one that i would uh, uh draft first in terms of uh you know diving cook then obviously our bets are off <laughs> you know he's he's a, he's a stud um and you know if he comes here uh, good luck to the rest of the NFL. It's going to be tough to stop them. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your thoughts about that backfield, Dustin? Uh, yeah, I think it's much like every other year. You just want to pick a guy and roll with it. Don't try to like load up on it. So I'm torn between Devin Achain and Jeff Wilson. Uh, Jeff Wilson out-touched Raheem Mostert, even though he's there like half a year. Um, so I like Jeff Wilson as the incumbent there. I think a chain has the speed. The Dolphins are built like a glass cannon, right? They are all speed, all firepower. <laughs> but one thing happens, one of those guys goes down, I think they all crumble. Um, and I will say, I don't know, there was a report right before we came on that Tyreek Hill is in some legal trouble for apparently hitting the guy. Oh. I think that's no news. It sounds like he just slapped the guy in the back of the head. I don't want to say it sounds like that guy doesn't want to press charges. It sounds like it's a non-real issue. It's just a story right now because there's nothing else going on. So I'm not worried that he's going to get suspended or there's going to be legal trouble from that. So if you're seeing those reports and you're listening to this or watch this later, I think it's a no news for Tyree Kill. So he'll be there week one. Um, so I think that team is built on speed and Tua can definitely chuck the ball down there and get the ball out to them in speed. Uh, so if I have to pick a running back, I'm probably going to lean Jeff Wilson because I want that safe floor. But I think Devin Ajane definitely has that upside. And he may get out there more. We might see an even split. Last year, Mostert and Wilson, it was like 10.5 carries a game for Wilson and uh, seven touches per game for Mostert. So I can see that split carrying on with Wilson and Chain. So even if you get the lower end guy, I think you still get flex play value out of them for your fantasy team. Jake, do you have a preference? It's going to be like several teams' backfields this year where I just take whoever falls the latest at yep. this point and hope. Because I I don't know. I don't have a good enough uh, read on any of this. So I will just wait and take value. Well, just make a stance, Jake. Come on. No I one, I'm you sure know I will have point no it backbone. And... <laughs> Come on. Why would you even suggest that? Okay. So I, I think we should... Um, Talk about kind of the big elephant in the room, and that that's Tua. Uh, obviously, all the concussions he had last year uh, was a terrible thing to see. Um, I happened to be at the uh, Christmas Day game where he got knocked out with the Packers, um, you know, and he was having a really good season. I love what this offense looks like with him and Tyreek and Waddle, and, you know, everything. Like, like it's really exciting. And we've seen other players, you know, Brandon Cooks comes to mind where he had all those concussions in a very short time. Uh, and then since then, you know, no reported concussions. You know, he's had a, gone on to have a very uh, fulfilling career. Um, Leo, are, how concerned are you with Tua and his concussions? And, and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very concerned, to be honest with you. Um, I, like I said, I'm a season ticket holder, so 
you know, those, those first couple of years, you know, it was nice. It's nice to see him that he, he's developed. You know, Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel has opened up this offense and worked the offense, you know, for his, uh, uh, for his strengths. Um, the thing is, you know, just one more hit and, you know, he, he was contemplating, uh, retirement. So, you know, if he gets one more hit, you know, it's, it's done. And, and so is the, so is the team. That's why it's very, it was very important that they, I wish they would have gotten a little better, uh, backup. So that's why Mike, Mike White needs to be ready because he might have to come in, uh, sooner rather than later. Hopefully not, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a possibility. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, scared of that for sure. In terms of, you know, where he can, where you can draft him, you know, he's definitely, uh, like in a 12 team league, he's, he definitely has, you know, a QB1. You know, to be able to be a QB one for for a dynasty a fantasy manager, and it's just a matter of you know, you know, he's not a you know like like one of the you know, like towards the 10, 11, 12, you know, somewhere in there, you know, it'll be good to to draft him as a, as your quarterback one on your fantasy mm-hmm. team, I think. So, Dustin, I'm going to throw this to you. If if you were not going to take one of these stud quarterbacks early in in your your redraft here. What would you think about pairing up Tua with someone like a Kirk Cousins later if you're kind of punting the the QB position? Because I think Tua, if he does stay healthy, has upside to be maybe a mid-range QB one. I don't know that he could crack that like top three, um, but, but I think he could give you like top four, top five QB by the end of the season. Is that something you'd be interested in, in doing uh, in attacking your draft that way? Yeah, especially because you can draft – Theoretically, Jefferson and Hill or Waddle, right? And then stack them with Cousins and Tua. Tua finished as QB 15 last year and only played 13 games. He would need an extra like 250 points to get him up there to like top 10 range. So there's plenty of upside. I think I looked at if you figure out his like his 17 game stats, he would have basically been close to QB eight or nine. Um, that's just with his his basic statements, his 17 game stats from the 13 games he played. He'd have been there. So I think he has potential to get up there. He it was basically two touchdowns a game. He's the solid him and Kirk Cousins are those solid quarterbacks. They get me two fifty, two touchdowns, and one interception every game, and I can count on you're gonna get your fifteen points. You're good. But especially since you can stack them with their receivers who are going towards that top of the draft. So you could theoretically start your draft Jefferson, Waddle, or Hill in one and two, and pick these guys up in seven, eight, nine, like two guys somewhere in there, and you can pair those people up. And I think that's a huge stack advantage. I'm a little concerned about the the injuries with the concussions, um, but not enough to take him off my board. It's concussions aren't one of those uh, repetitive injuries. It's not like he can re-aggravate a concussion. Yes, he could get he could get hit and not get a concussion and just go, man, it's just not worth the risk. But I don't see it. If he was going to retire, he would have done it anyway. He decided to come back and play, so I think he's he's all in until he can't play anymore. So I think that stack of Tua and Cousins is a great thing, or, or Tua and Goff. I've been doing Cousins and Goff, uh, Jared Goff, and a lot of stacks just because I can stack those two receivers with them, and I like having that pairing. So if you're in a redraft league, I think that's a great strategy if you want to theoretically punt that quarterback position until later in the draft. Well, guest Dustin, you just gave host Dustin his strategy for our <laughs> one-quarterback home league that's coming up here with limited ad drops. So you've You've just awoken something that I think is going to be jotted down frantically after this uh, after this podcast. By the way, I want to throw out for Mike White. Okay, Mike White is always ready. Don't you worry about Mike White. He's always ready to go. And, and good true. news is, is Teddy Bridgewater is still a free agent, so he could sign with them at any point, even into the season if he doesn't get a job. And 
and they could bring in Teddy Bridgewater and he can start. You know, he could they could sign him mm-hmm. on a Thursday, he could start on Sunday because he knows that yeah. system. So he's still out there. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. And then finally, let's let's talk about these wide receivers. We've been kind of dancing around them and bringing them up here. Uh between Waddle and Hill, uh who who would you rather have given their ADPs? Because so they are very close. So yeah. I'm just curious to know um, who you like better and and why. So in in uh, in redraft, I I think definitely um, Tyreek Hill. You know he's he's gonna be you know he he's gonna he's a, he's the cheetah. You know he's gonna he's gonna get the job done. You know, uh, to me like, when you can draft him, you could probably you know get him in the in the late first. If he's there in the in the second, definitely uh, grab him. So definitely you know uh, in a redraft, that's what I would go. In terms of um, a dynasty, I would probably lean more towards Waddle, uh, just because uh, Tyreek has already said that he he plans to play maybe a couple more years uh, until 2025, and then he's he's done when he turns 31. So, just by him saying that, that's enough for me to, you know, long term wise, I, I would lean towards a uh, Waddle. Mm-hmm. And you, Dustin? Yeah, I'm Waddle in both situations. I think the ADP is so close, and I think Waddle's just a little bit better at route running and his precision. Tyreek Hill's game is a lot of built on speed, and I'm not saying he has lost a step, but when he does, I think his his production drops. And I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. It probably happens in two years. Um, but I was really impressed. I got to meet Tyreek Hill at the draft, um, talked to him for a little bit. He's just a he's a thick dude. Like, I was surprised. He's small. He's short. Like, we knew he was short, but I didn't realize how thick he was. Like, he's broad. He brings you a lot of Zay Jones, and that just, you're like, oh, man, this guy could take me, like, Yes, I, I'm six foot and I've got a couple inches. I'd be like, oh man, I do not want to mess with Tyreek Hill. There's a couple of guys in the draft. I was like, I could take them. Like, they're small. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's my barometer for guys. Like, I was at the draft and I, like, I interviewed Jordan Addison and they were at a middle school. And I was like, are you a middle schooler? And he's like, no, I'm Jordan Addison. I was like, oh, in my head, I'm like, I could, I could take you. Like, you're small, dude. Like, I, they're all nice guys, but it's just like they're not overly thick or big. But, but Tyreek Hill is muscular and strong, but his game is built on speed. So when that speed, does come down whether that's through injury or age he doesn't have the route running that i think waddle has to lean back on so i'm taking waddles in both redraft and dynasty especially with their adp by the way we found our clip mm-hmm. out for this episode we're just <laughs> yes. clip out the part where dustin says he can take jordan addison, addison. we might or yeah. might not tag jordan addison you can tag we'll, see. we'll see what happens we can talk about that offline i'll some jordan addison stories <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone have any last thoughts or any anything else you'd like to uh, discuss about the Dolphins here before we move on? I'm curious to see who that wide receiver three is in the office in the offense this year. Um, I've been high on Eric Ezukama since he came out of the draft. He's got some speed, got some size. Um, Cedric Wilson didn't really do it last year. I'm not sure who's going to be that three and if that person has a role. So whoever steps into that, if they have a role in that offense without an injury. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that will be intriguing. That's gonna definitely be a thing to look at training camp for sure. Who yeah. comes out of that? All right, then uh, let's move on to the Patriots. Uh, this off season, they they lost Jacoby Myers, Janu Smith, and Damian Harris. They brought on board Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gesicki, and Anthony Persker. And in the draft, in the sixth round, they took Keishon Boutte and Demario Douglas. Um, Jake, I'm going to throw it to you. Why don't you give me some thoughts here about this 
Patriots team and and what we can expect in the the 23 season. Of all the teams that you would throw to me, <laughs> it would be this disaster uh, of a fantasy roster. I I don't know. I don't like any of the moves that they really made. Uh, I'm not going to get excited too much about any of these in best ball. I guess I'll try my Kasiki out um, just to see what what happens with him and Hunter Henry. I don't know. I'm I'm just smitten for the old days of usable tight ends <laughs> in New England, probably. Um, but this is still. I guess we got clarity in the backfield to some extent, which is nice. That's a refreshing take coming out of New England for once. Um, it's still a frustrating wide receiver core to try to assess, in my view. So I, this is one of those teams I'm just not going to have a lot of fantasy assets from come redraft season. Uh, probably not going to have a lot of them on my dynasty teams either because quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, all of it to me just feels pretty gross. So I'm more interested and what our guests have to say about this team <laughs> than my own personal thoughts, honestly. Uh, it's, it's, it's not good. We should start with running back, probably, because that seems mm-hmm. the most prescient and usable out of everybody. So Ramondre Stevenson, when we're looking at him in drafts for redraft, this is the, the clarity that we kind of got with the release of Damian Harris here to some extent, is Ramondre Stevenson, he's being drafted like he's a borderline elite running back. Is he? For redraft, at least, Leo, do you think that he qualifies, fits the mold as an obvious top ten running back? Yeah, definitely. That other than that, other than him, I, I really don't want to touch nobody else in the in the team. Like you say, um, you know, he his competition is you know doesn't have much competition. He's gonna have um, you know Damian Harris is gone. Um, he's gonna have the opportunity to you know to, to take over, uh, and they looks like they do want to run the ball more. Uh, than than ever before. So I, I definitely think that you know if he's there in the third round for sure, I would you know drop them in a heartbeat. And, yeah, and, and dynasty Eden. too. I'll I'll take him in either 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 any redraft dynasty anywhere. <laughs> Anything. Yeah, you'll kind of pay fair market value for him in in dynasty based on what he's being supposed as. Yeah. Dustin, do you think? That in redraft, obvious top 10, do you feel similar in Dynasty even? Or do you even feel that way in redraft? Yeah, I think this is uh, one of the few players that I think your scoring system matters. PPR, Ramondre Stevenson was RB7. Standard, 14. So there's that clear gap between those two scoring systems. So I play a lot of PPR. I think most people do. I think that's becoming the standard. If you're in half PPR, PPR, yeah, I'm drafting them as a top 10 running back. He saw 200 and 10 carries last year. Damian Harris had 106. So let's say he gets 20 more carries. Like that puts him in the opportunities up there to repeat as a top 10 running back. Um, even for fantasy, I like Pierre Strong as the, as the second guy, um, out of there. This is a team where I think late in my drafts, I'm going to be taking those flyers on some of these guys, the Pierre Strongs, the Taekwon Thorntons, and hope that maybe they get a role and they can step up in training camp and, you know, the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, this is my like sleeper, deep sleeper darling team. Where I just think they have guys on there that can really shine that haven't had an opportunity yet, but I think we'll get it this year. But yeah, I'm all in on Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's talented. I I see it on both levels in the rushing game and the receiving game. So top ten in PPR, maybe slightly outside in a in a standard format. So I think you really have to know your scoring system and see where he shakes out there because he's one of the few players that has that clear gap between the two scoring systems. 
That is a great call out, by the way, mm-hmm. with the scoring. Always know your scoring. Always know your scoring. That's right. Yeah, he is the clear one bright spot on this team, which is really odd to say about the Patriots <laughs> after so many years of, of having so many uh, good fantasy assets. Um, you know, I'm curious to see now that they actually have an offensive coordinator this year, um, how this is this team is going to look. Um, I will say, I mean, I love I love Stevenson as well. I think we're all in agreement there. The the one thing that gives me a little bit of hesitation with him um, is I just don't know how many scoring opportunities they're going to yeah. be in with this offense. Uh, so that that's my only hesitation. But I do really like him, and I would be drafting him at cost. But um, that, that I just wanted to bring that up as just like my one little eh, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, about him. <laughs> Since since we know he is the one bright spot, um, and it's kind of like the Dolphins in their running back room, we've got all these wide receivers that could produce, have produced. We've seen flashes at some point. Um, Juju being the one guy that you know has done it in the past, had a decent season. I think a very underrated season last year with Kansas City. Um, now moving into this number one role uh on the team do we see him really being that number one and and are any of these wide receivers worth drafting at their adp dustin let's start with you i say yes i'll take juju at his adp last year he played 42 percent of the snaps from the slot the year before when he was with pittsburgh when he was pretty good he played 80 percent Jacoby Myers last year played 69.5% of his snaps in the slot. So if they use him in that Jacoby Myers role's movement in the slot, which is where he's naturally better, I think we could see a clear jump from his last year's stats more to his 2021-2020 numbers. So I like Juju. He's being drafted really low. I'm still a believer in Mac Jones. I think last year was an outlier with when you have no offensive coordinator, that probably is why your offense is not very good. <laughs> Or you have two offensive coordinators or three. I don't know what they had last year. They clearly have one. Bill O'Brien is a good offensive coordinator. He's just not a good head coach and GM. So I'm I'm excited for what they can do. Even if they turn to Bailey Zappi, he's a decent quarterback as well. And I think they can use him to his strengths. And I think that still plays well for Juju. So I'm excited for Juju at his value. I'm not reaching for him, but he's falling pretty late in drafts right now. Mm-hmm. Leo, is there anybody else on this wide receiver plethora of wide receivers that they have that you that you'd be interested in at all for redraft this year or maybe even fantasy moving you know or dynasty moving forward um in terms of uh redraft uh like late you know i, I wouldn't mind taking like you like um dustin was saying o'brien is definitely a, a better um uh, uh, uh offensive coordinator than um than the joke that i had last year <laughs> um <laughs> so then um uh, like out of the guys that are still left, um, like Taekwon Thornton, uh, late, I think that you know, as a you know, the flyer late in the rounds, you know, he he showed some promise, uh, as well as and and um, I don't know what to say this guy's name, Devontae Parker, <laughs> the <laughs> as a former Dolphin, he's uh, you know, he he's always shown some flashes, and just you know, he just can never be consistent. You know, he's another guy that after a couple of nice games, he gets hurt. Um. Out of in Dynasty though, the one I would I would definitely want to take a look at is uh, uh, Kayshawn Booty. Um, I, you know he he had a, a good um, early part of his career that you know he had an injury that that he suffered that 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 caused him you know not you know to get his uh, his game back. But you know he he did show some promise as, as you know his last season, and I would definitely be uh, high on him if I had to uh, get someone. 
from this her dynasty, one of these uh, receiving core. Mm-hmm. And then, do we care at all about Kaseki? I know Jake, you said you'd be willing to maybe take a flyer on him. Um, Hunter Henry, you know, was that two years ago? All he did was catch touchdowns, but did a little else. Um, do, do we care about these tight ends at all? Um, just yes or no. Or if you, if you, I guess if you have more than that, you'd like to add, please do so. But <laughs> it seems like a very straightforward yes or no answer. I guess you can tell where I'm leaning on, on this equation here. <laughs> Talk about the tight end, but don't talk about him too much, damn it. <laughs> I think it, uh, obviously in a tight end premium, you know, you're obviously you got to uh, look at them. But um, in, in best ball, it's probably best to, you know, to get Jaseki late. Uh, Hunter Henry doesn't really, you know, he, you know, he, show, he might show up a, a game and then he'll disappear for another five. So yeah. out, out of the two, Jaseki will be the one that, that, you know, to take a chance on later. Uh, in the um in the in the in the draft you know if you decide to punt on a on a on the tight end position altogether all and you know you want to try streaming tight ends you know he'd be the you know, one to look at i guess <laughs> yeah i'm uh, i love mike gazicki as a talent i was disappointed with his usage last year you need about 80 targets from a tight end to be a top fantasy guy uh, hunter henry i think had 57 uh, John Smith at 37, so we've been combined. They're barely meeting that number, um, and obviously Hunter Henry's still there. So Gasicki's my third tight end on my fantasy teams if I'm drafting tight ends that many. Like if I have a deep bench, if I can get uh, Hawkinson or you know a Kittle or a Goddard early and then a, a flyer on a young guy like a Chigakonkwo or a Sam Laporta mid-round and late rounds, I'm like, let me just take this Gasicki and, and have a little safe floor. Also want to look at bye weeks. He's the type of guy I'd love for a bye week fill-in. If you got one of the top guys, if you got a Kelsey, look at his bye week and see, hey, maybe Gasicki has a good matchup. You can kind of stream him or pick him up a couple weeks early. He'll be on your waiver wires. But I think he'll have a decent, for tight ends, you just need really three catches for like 20, 30 yards, and you're like a top 10 tight end every week. So <laughs> it's really a, a mishmash. So he could do that in and out. So he might be a good streaming candidate for a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I, I also yeah. just want to say before we move on to the Jets, I'm proud of us for not giving in to the Ty Montgomery hype that was floating around Twitter <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Good job, us. Yes. We did it. We can move on, and that can be our segue into the New Jersey Packers that we have to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Jets. It's um, what world are we living in where you know the Jets have more fantasy relevant players than the Patriots? Uh, but but we're here. So in the offseason, they lost Elijah Moore via trade and Braxton Berrios. And they brought on board uh, half the Packers team in Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Aaron Lazard, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and then Nicole Hardman came over from Kansas City. And in the draft, uh, they took Israel. I'm, I'm going to butcher the name. Banacanda. Thank you. And Zach Koontz in the seventh. Um, anyone want to kick off? And, and talk about the Jets here, Dustin. They you should be talking about your second home team, obviously. <laughs> yeah, as obviously. the the starter here, they are basically the Packers. What are your thoughts about this team's <laughs> off season moves? Hmm. What do you think that they did well in the off season? <laughs> well, I um, personal feelings aside, with Rogers, uh, I, I do think. It was a good move for them to stabilize that quarterback position. They have 
uh, a lot of talent on that team. Uh, defensive side of the ball is solid, and I know that doesn't score fantasy points, but it does impact the rest of the team. Uh, you know, Brees Hall, from all reports, he should be back week one, uh, so that'll be interesting to see if he is uh, at full health. Uh, I know just typically from my personal experience, I don't like to get running backs coming off of ACLs uh, that first season back. They tend to start a little slow. Um, so probably where he's going to be drafted, uh, come redraft here, I'm probably going to be hands off at his cost. Uh, but I do like adding Rodgers. He's, he will stabilize that quarterback position. Uh, he'll be great for Garrett Wilson. Um, Alan Lazard is a solid number two. Uh, him and Rodgers will already have that chemistry going between them. So, um, they should just be able to pick up right where they left off here in Green Bay. So I do expect better things for this team offensively uh, and, and fantasy-wise uh, for this upcoming season. Yeah. How's I'm, that, Jake? Look at you. I'm so proud of you for not hurling a single insult uh, at Aaron Rodgers' hair. It was all up all here. Oh, good, good. Well, make sure to diary it after this episode airs. But I am curious about the guy himself about Aaron Rodgers in one quarterback leagues. Like it's look biases aside here. It's been a rare position for the jets to have a draftable quarterback recently. And it feels like in a one quarterback league, I know he's going towards the tail end towards the backside of the 12. Are we doing that? Are we, are we invested in Aaron Rodgers in redraft Leo? Are you, say, you you don't decide to go with Josh Allen. You don't decide to go with Tua a little bit later. You wait a little bit on Aaron Rodgers here? Um, I, I think, like you were saying earlier, this is definitely the good year to, to wait on quarterbacks. Um, to me, th- this is a, I'm, I'm going to probably do that. You know, if I can wait and then Aaron Rodgers is still there, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Uh, I think he's going to have a rebound year. Uh, with with Garrett Wilson, uh, to me Garrett Wilson is gonna probably be you know the 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 Jets version of Devontae uh, Adams. You know they're gonna really, I think he's really gonna blossom with with um with Rogers throwing on the ball. You know look what he did with with uh, with Zach Wilson and and Mike White throwing on the ball and and he had an awesome year as a rookie. So you know he has a Hall of Famer throwing on the ball and and I definitely gonna he's gonna be close to wide receiver one. Uh, you know. Are, are not w, not not overall one, but you know as a wide receiver one for for fantasy manage uh, top twelve there for sure. Uh, so definitely, I'll definitely will we'll get Rogers uh, weight on him uh, as the. I don't know how much like, of an like, upgrade. Me, like, yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is from Mike White, by the way. I just want to say I don't know <laughs> yeah. how if it's that <laughs> absurd. But, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely like like he'll be like that line, you know, when uh, when it gets. Everyone's drafted, you know, he's still there. Okay, that's the guy I'm going to get for sure. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I'm I'm all about waiting on Aaron Rodgers. He finished as the QB 13 last year, and he just got on a team with better weapons, right? He went from a team with Lazard, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and a good running game to a, a team with Garrett Wilson, Lazard, Cobb, and a good running game. I, I think he has the potential to be a I think he's going to finish probably outside the top five, but I think six or seven this year. So I definitely think you're going to see return on investment and you can load up on your team early in running backs and wide receivers. Maybe get a, maybe you can take Kelsey in the first round and then load up on wide receivers and wait and just be the last team that takes the quarterback. And I think you'll be fine with Aaron Rodgers for one year in redraft. Obviously in dynasty, I'm out. 
my biggest hot take for the Jets is, and I'm gonna let me give my little shot take. I'm gonna sprinkle a little uh, spice here. Garrett <laughs> Wilson's a trap this year. I, I think he could have a Deontay Johnson type year where he gets a ton of targets, decent yards, but scores very little. Alan Lazard is tall. Garrett Wilson is not. If you look at the receivers that Aaron Rodgers has thrown touchdowns to, they're all six two and over. Garrett Wilson's six foot. Lazard, I think, is six three. He's gonna be the red zone threat on that offense so you could see Lazard have 10-15 touchdowns maybe the you know CJ Uzam and some of the tight ends get some touchdowns I could see Garrett Wilson having Deontay Johnson level year where you're like man he got a ton of targets ton of catches 10 yards and scored two touchdowns and we'll be really disappointed this year so I think he might be the trap this year so I'm not drafting Garrett Wilson I think people are expecting him to ascend into that Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase level CD Lamb level of being a top four or five guy. I just don't see it this year, but I I think he might be the trap this year on the Jets. Whew. That is spicy. I like right. it. Well, I get, that makes me feel better about having no exposure to him in best ball. Yes. It's, it's only <laughs> a little bit because of spite. Well, if, if we're if we're kind of locked into maybe a toss-up in wide receivers there, depending on what your, your preference is. Again, maybe it'll be with all the touchdowns with Alan Lazard. Maybe you think that Wilson Willis and can we can we get on board? I know host Dustin, you are not on board with Brees Hall at all. Is, is anybody inclined to draft him post injury, given that he hasn't had a significant value decrease in ADP right now? Guess Dustin, is is he falling enough for you where you would be comfortable drafting him? He's not falling enough for me. I still like Michael Carter as a talent. I don't think the team is invested in Michael Carter. Israel Abanacando was a combine starling. I really liked him coming out of the combine, you know, with his measurables and his pro day, he really showed off the fact that they drafted him and invested in a running back, which is not an area need. They could have dressed any other area and they chose to take a running back shows me that they're probably not sold to Michael Carter. And they're probably a little hesitant on Brees Hall coming back. Those ACL injuries take time. We don't see him a hundred percent. So yes, it's rumored he'll be ready by week one, but he's probably not a hundred percent until, week five six so i'm out on him right now but he's my early season trade target if he has a rough couple three four games then i'm like trading for him when people are like i'm i'm fed up with with breeze hall because he still has talent i'm just worried that it's gonna take longer than i think we want for him to come back to be 100 percent, especially on a team with aaron Rodgers, who's aaron Rodgers is going to change the play if it's a run play and aaron Rodgers wants to pass he's going to change it to a pass like he's going to do what he wants to do so they can try to game script for breeze hall Rodgers is going to throw the ball when he wants to throw the ball, and Rodgers wants to make a statement this year. He is that type of player where he wants to go out and show that he is still Aaron Rodgers. He's still an MVP. He wants to prove the Packers wrong. He's going to sling it a ton, so I'm worried about the volume for Brees Hall. So I'm out currently on his ADP. Um, If he drops a little more, if I could get him in the fifth round, I'd draft him, but he's going clearly in the second, sometimes third round. So a little too high for me when there's other running backs I like, especially there. I'll take a wide receiver and wait on running backs and pick someone who's going to have more volume, like a uh, Miles Sanders later, and then take a Rashad White. He's going to get a ton of volume later on, and then take a flyer on a Banacanda late just to kind of have that handcuff. Yeah, Leo, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I try to stay away from, like like Dustin says, you know, away from people uh, running backs or any player that have a coming off a ACL injury, they do take time to to get back, uh, to to the up to speed, and you know by drafting Avenekande, like you said, it's just a a sign that 
you know, you could you could work with him, you know, in the beginning of the year and allow Brees to, to time to get completely healthy. Maybe, you know, I don't know about that, that early, about five, six, you know, week five, six, maybe close to Halloween time. You know, it, that's when, you know, it'll be, uh, Brees will probably be more uh, up to speed like he was. So at his, at his current ADP, I'll probably, uh, lay, you know, let it go. Let, let someone else deal with it. And definitely a, a, a trade target for sure. Um, uh, after a few weeks, if he, if he starts off slow. Maybe he'll have that Cam Akers wrap to this season for the last few weeks where he'll be really good for only those which, hey, for fantasy playoffs, great. So matters. So outside of the wide receivers, um, I, I guess who else do we see being fantasy relevant on this team? Is, or is there anyone else? Tight end position, uh, anyone else out of this backfield maybe? I know we just kind of touched on that, but... Uh, I mean, where else are Zach these points going to come love? from? Some Tyler Conklin love? <laughs> I got none of that, by the way. Do you, do you either of you have anybody else on this depth chart? I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for a tight end to step up, whether that's CJ Uzama or Conklin. I really like Zach Koontz at the combine. I was sad to see him fall so far in the draft. Um, I still kind of like Jeremy Ruckert, who they drafted last year, so... If one of those guys can step up, I just don't see a huge volume from Rodgers, who traditionally doesn't target his tight end very much. Um, So there's just not a whole lot of hype outside of, for me, Lazard, uh, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Rodgers. And then if you like Garrett Wilson, which I clearly don't, but I'm not real hyped about anybody else on that team. The the one player that I'm I'm, I'm intrigued to draft late is actually uh, Corey Davis. Uh, he's, you know, he's never, you know, he's had Zach Wilson throwing on the ball. You know, he was a, a first round talent. You know, the thing with him, obviously another person that can't stay healthy, but I, I'm intrigued to see what he can do. You know, he's a big receiver, a big target for, for Aaron Rodgers. And I, I would like to, you know, take a chance on him as a flyer late, late in, uh, in drafts for sure. Aaron did call mm-hmm. him out in particular after one recent practice interview that I saw. He, he liked the cut of Corey Davis's jib. So, I don't know how much you can trust coming out of that guy, but he did. Say I mean, it. Rogers also liked Jake Kumaro, and he's been on multiple teams, including. Don't Adele, you so. say a bad word <laughs> yeah. about Jake Kumaro? He's right. a Bill too, man. Come on. I, I, I'm I'm worried that Corey Davis isn't going to make the team in general, but we'll see. But yeah, he's not a bad flyer, and especially in like best ball leagues, like he still has the talent to be there. It's just a matter of building that trust with Aaron Rodgers because right. we know Aaron Rodgers. If he loves you, you get the ball. If he hates you, you mm-hmm. don't. And someone on the team is going to be, he's going to hate, and it's not going to work out. So, Yep, we are all too familiar with that, aren't we, Jake? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right. I think that pretty well wraps up our uh, AFC East discussion. Uh, Leo, Dustin, do you guys have any final thoughts about the division you'd like to share here before we uh, get out of here for the evening? Yeah, I'll say this. There's a lot of hype for the Jets. You know, people are saying Super Bowl. I'm not sure the Jets make the playoffs. The way I see it, Bills win the division. Jets are fighting for a wild card spot with Miami, probably Baltimore, Chargers, probably another team from the AFC South. So let's say Jacksonville wins the division. You got Tennessee might still be good if Will Levis or Tannehill can be all right. Maybe Denver. Like, you got five potential teams they got to play the bills twice so those are probably two losses if they split between 
the games with the Patriots, so they win one, lose one, split between the Dolphins. That's that's a two and four record in your division. I don't think that makes the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets don't make the playoffs at all this year. AFC is loaded. AFC is yeah, loaded. It sure is. It's very loaded. Yeah. I, I I think that I'm gonna go with the Dolphins to actually win the division. Uh, you know, they they've improved the you know, might as well go for it. YOLO, right? Yes, I love it. Love it. So the they've you know they got a couple more pieces on offense. Uh, they got Vic uh, Mifagio back uh, as a defensive coordinator. That that they need help to improve their defense. Hopefully, you know that's uh, you know I like him as a defensive coordinator, and uh, I definitely think they can make a run at it. If it's it's gonna be between to me Buffalo and obviously uh, the Dolphins all the way through a yeah. slugfest like last year. And uh, and it's gonna come down for the Dolphins, you know, two of being healthy, basically. If he stays healthy, they have a chance. If not, then you know they'll they'll be hanging with the Patriots in the bottom of the of the AFC East. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to say that after all these yeah. years, it is very good to say that. Yes, <laughs> finally. I'm heartened that both of you have the opportunity now of all of the optimism going forward yes. for this mm-hmm. season. So it's time it, of year, it warms right? my heart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we sign off, uh, gentlemen, um, if you'd like to plug anything where people can find you out in out in the the fantasy universe, uh, please let us know. Um, Dustin, let's start with you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the D Unit Thirteen. It's there under my name. I'm doing weekly giveaways, so I got a banner from the draft uh, with all those alternate reimagined logos they did. So I cut those out in individual teams. They're like four by five. I've been doing a team a week giveaway. So this week is the Falcons. Um, so it just takes a follow and a retweet to get entered. So if you are a Falcons fan or I think I've so far I've done Tampa Bay, Col- the Colts, Vikings, Ravens, another team I can't remember. But if you're a team fan of a team, like follow me and you'll be seeing those every week for the next 20 some weeks. You'll be seeing that there. It's a real easy way. It's a real kind of one of one item. Um, so you can check those on my Twitter and then anything I write. So with Dynasty Pros or Ner- Dynasty Nerds or QB List, they come out and I just post them on my Twitter. So that's the best place to find me and everything I'm doing. So it's a fun giveaway. The first batch got delivered today. So I've been getting messages from those guys who want them and they're super happy and they're really cool. So it's a kind of cool one-on-one for fans just trying to connect with more people out there. So follow me on Twitter. Right on. And Leo? Uh, first, I want to really thank you both for, you know, for inviting me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, much love for that, so I really appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at smooth1074. Um, I, I write articles with uh, Fighting Chance Fantasy. I usually do um, uh, our article uh, weekly, uh, a few articles weekly. One is uh, called a preemptive strike that I, I, I usually comes out like towards the end of the week, which is like a an article that you you know for players to to pick up right before the games, so that you're you're ahead of the game uh, uh, for the waiver wire the following week. So you beat your lead mates to the punch. Nice. Um, you know, part of the, I do some start, start sits as well. Um, and, um, yeah, so anything, you know, any questions you guys have on, on fantasy, always feel free to reach me on Twitter at, at smooth1074. Nice. I love it. And both yeah, of these like... gentlemen drafting from six spot and Scout Fishbowl, by the five way. Spot. Five spot. Five spot. You moved? I'm a five Were spot. You... Weren't you in the six spots? No, I'm always that. in the five. I've always been in the five spot. Well, <laughs> fine then. Um, I'll be six. alone in solidarity. <laughs> Anyways, thank you both for coming on. This has been a mm-hmm. blast. Yeah, it's been great. I love having you two on here. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's been great. Great up with you guys. Uh, uh, 
yeah, so um, definitely give them both a follow. Uh, check out all the work they're doing. Uh, check out my co-host at Jake Trowbridge on yes. Twitter and all the great stuff he's doing uh, with Fantasy Life and, and our little old podcast here. Uh, if you so choose, go find me on Twitter at FFDustyDog. <laughs> but really, follow the podcast at Drinking Fantasy. Uh, give us five stars. Give us rate review. Follow us. Do all that good stuff. I don't need to go through it in depth. You know the routine. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>